You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back into the Lions 24-7 podcast. We are coming to you on a rainy Wednesday morning here in Happy Valley. Another week of preseason camp for Penn State. Another day closer to the opener against Wisconsin. And fortunately, rejoined by the beard. That's right. Sean Fitz is with us here on the Lions 24-7 podcast. First time in August. Uh, Before we get to Sean, a big thanks to Mark Brennan, Josh Pate, Brian Doan for helping do some of the heavy lifting here during the last couple weeks on the podcast. Really enjoyed those discussions. But we get back to business with Mr. Fitz. Sean, welcome back. Happy to be back, man. And it's uh, it's been quite a bit. I felt, I felt like Tariq Castro Fields late last week. Just uh, I came out and was talking with you and thought about warming up, but that it just wasn't ready to go. So I'm happy to be back. And I got to say, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Uh, the internet is not exactly the most patient place. And uh, especially this time of year, terrible time uh, for me to get through some stuff last week. And I was on vacation the week before that. Uh, so I'm just, I'm grateful to, especially our readers at Lions 24 seven for the patience that they showed. Um, and it's been uh, really overwhelming, but I'm happy to be back. I'm happy not to focus on that and happy to focus on Penn state football, which started camp while I was away and then just kept rolling, even though I wasn't there, which was a little <laughs> bit of a surprise to me, but here we are. Life goes on. And, and to your point, Sean, um, you know, preseason camp developments, we discussed a lot of those last week when Mark was on the show. We haven't had fresh eyes on the practice field since then. That will change in just a few hours. We have a Wednesday period where we're going to get into the practice field. Judging by the weather, it may be inside, uh, but we're happy to get a, a look at this team once again. We'll come back later with an episode uh, this week to, to kind of bring you up to speed there. But I thought it would be a good time to work our way up to speed with you, Sean, because we've missed your commentary on so much recruiting recruiting about this team. I know the folks want to hear it. And by the way, if you're a reader and a subscriber at lines247.com, your patience waiting for Sean to come back has already paid off in the form of an August big board for the 2022 recruiting class that just got up before Sean hopped on here to record. So that's on the site here on the podcast. Let's start with that Adiza Isaac injury. It was something that, um, Certainly was on our radar, Sean, leading up to preseason camp and then James Franklin confirming likely out for the season. Um, let's start there because we've got a lot to deal with from your perspective. And I know that's that's probably the most notable uh, confirmation regarding personnel from the Penn State staff thus far. Yes, yeah, certainly a kick in the teeth for the 2021 season. If you're making a list of players that were, I don't want to say irreplaceable, but their 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 absence would have made the biggest impact. Adisa Isaac was right up there. We expected big things from him, um, you know, coming back in the spring. Uh, but it's, it's a tough break for a kid that's got a, a bright future ahead of him. And, um, you know, hopefully they get to see him back and, and, you know, in, in full speed and things like that in the future. But uh, that's, that's a tough one because defensive end, that's the, that's the one that we've been talking about all off season. Uh, so big to have uh, AK Arnold Ebikete, um come in from temple. I mean, that's, that's a guy that's he, if he wasn't a prime player for Penn state before he's all of a sudden right in the crosshairs hearing he's having a great camp. I mean, that's one of the first names out of people's mouth when you ask, um, you know, who's, who's really shown out for Penn state this year and, and they're going to need him. And that's, you know, he's added some weight, which was the question when he got here, got here about two forties listed at two fifty six right now. So need him to play at that weight to play strong against the run. Um, you know, so much of that focus is against uh, the, the, you know, as, as a pass rusher on that, at that position, but you got guys like Abba 
Quinte, Tarburton on the other side. Uh, I mean, Vanover has stepped up a little bit. You're going to have to see what you have in Smith Vilbert and, and Zaire, uh, excuse me, uh, Zariah Fisher, sorry. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that's a big position right there for Penn State because that's, uh, I don't, the, the the I guess the the margin for error there not too great. Of course, you've got Jesse Lucetta who has has rep there and you know has done some nice things there. But that was a spot where you just couldn't afford anything to to give, and unfortunately, it did. Now, fortunately for Penn State, it happened early. It's kind of like the the Journey Brown aspect last year. It happened before the season, so you got an idea of what you have to approach, what John Scott's going to have to handle there. Um, but that's a tough one right there. So Ebikete, if if the pressure wasn't enough on him already, it's going to be on him as the number one guy um, right now, and that's a that's a big step for him to make. I think the number for scholarship additions for Penn State's 2021 roster, including the, the freshmen and then f- also including the transfers, is 21 new scholarship players. And it feels like the very top of that list in terms of who needs to make an impact right now for Penn State, it's Arnold Ebikade. I, th- I, th- I really don't think there's much of a conversation about that. You know, you could make a case for other guys, um, you know, whether it's Eric Wilson, uh, you know, what's Kaylee King going to bring for you? But in terms of who you can't afford to miss on, and it sounds like they haven't missed at all. It sounds like it's been a gem of a pickup thus far. Ebikade is going to be someone you can lean on. Um, the question, as you said, can he do it as an all-around defensive end, not just rely on that speed off the edge? He knows that's the challenge. It's been stated publicly by the coaching staff, and we'll see how he reacts. And Sean, that leads me, because you mentioned a few names there. Luketa's in that mix. Nick Tarburton, who we're supposed to speak with after Wednesday's practice, is certainly right there pushing to maybe start for these Penn State Nittany Lions, which is a big uh, you know, step forward from where his career has taken him thus far. There's other guys who have been on the move. Uh, Jonathan Sutherland playing some Sam linebacker during practice. Marquise Wilson still at cornerback, but also going to be used on offense from what we understand. Keaton Ellis now full-time focused at safety after spending his first couple of years at the cornerback. We talked about this last week, Mark and I, but but coming out of this, any of these surprising to you? And what, what do you think is ultimately going to be the best fit out of this group? Yeah, I don't necessarily think any of those were a surprise. So we've been working with these since since the spring, all these position changes that you mentioned. Um, probably Jesse Luquetta is the most uh, immediate felt impact of that of those guys because you can play him in a couple different spots and cultivate some depth at a couple different spots and and get some immediate uh, uh, you know immediate feedback on the, on what you've got at those positions. Um, Keaton Ellis is really interesting to me. Uh, this is a guy that switched over to safety at the end of spring. Uh, it sounds like he's going to play some, and and I'm not sure how that safety rotation is going to going to come about because it's it's as we mentioned it's it's pretty thin. You got Brisker, Jair Brown's right there. Sutherland, as you mentioned in the position changes, is practicing in some Sam, which is going to be necessary um, as well. Um, Tyler, Tyler Rudolph hasn't, uh, you know, broken through yet. So there's, there's plenty of questions there at the safety spot. And I think Ellis can, you know, if he's made the strides that, uh, you know, people seem to think he made in the off season, he's added some weight. Um, you know, they think he could still play some corners, some star and things like that, but it's, it's been full bore safety for the most part. So I think that's very interesting. And getting back to, to our last point, you mentioned Luketa at defensive end. Hakeem Beeman's not a guy that we've mentioned at defensive end. And this is uh, an interesting thing for the first week of camp. James Franklin did not mention him among the guys that could replace Adisa Isaac. We've heard exclusively defensive tackle for Hakeem Beeman, which is a bit 
surprising given what we've you know what we speculated in the offseason with him moving out to the five tech and and being a guy that could play that Kevin Gibbons role against a downhill running attack like Wisconsin so I think that's that's very interesting I mean Vanover has kind of filled that role um so we'll see if he's ready uh, that's the question there with with I mean Vanover Smith Vilbert Zariah Fisher are those guys ready which is kind of surprising it's kind of why it's surprising that we don't see Hakeem Beeman in that spot Marquise Wilson's interesting to me um James Franklin mentioned he was practicing more, or I guess it was Brent Pry that mentioned he was practicing more at cornerback right now. Um, you know, this is a guy that if you talk to some people in the program, you think he has it as a receiver and they don't think that about everybody in that room. And that's, that's really interesting to me that he would go back on the other side, but they're going to have a role for him on offense. Haven't heard a ton of feedback on Marquise through camp this year. Um, but it's, uh, it is a very talented guy just got to find the right fit for him. So, I guess none of those position changes all that interesting because we've talked about them for so long. Um, But I I think that's kind of what you're looking at going into camp is how you can sort of make one position better, not make one position better by taking somebody from it. But for example, the safety spot, pairing Jair Brown with, with Jaquan Brisker and finding something to do with Jonathan Southern and middle linebacker pairing Jesse Lucetta with Ellis Brooks, but finding something for Brooks where, or finding something for Lucetta where he can make an impact on the field. And this is very fascinating stuff um, in the small, um, just in the small picture. Yeah, 11 guys can be in that starting lineup, but it certainly sounds like Penn State wants to mix and match a little bit second and third level guys movement on the defensive front. And I think at defensive end, Sean, you know, you look at the cluster of young players on the roster, Rodney McGraw, Davon Townley, Bryce Mastella. No one's coming to save the day from from that young group unless they shock the world and shock the beat. So I I think, you know, it's really interesting to see you have your whole two deep from 2020 wiped away. Shane Simmons, Adiza Isaac, Shaka Tony. Jason away no longer with no longer available for you one way or the other um, so you're looking at guys who are transitioning from positions a, a, a guys who's transferring from another school um, and it's such a mix that we got to see what it looks like on game day there's a lot of names there do you think this is a circumstance where at least through the first few games of the season you're going to look at the snap count and see a lot of distribution because last year it was so top heavy with Tony and away I think we were almost surprised at how little we saw of Adiza Isaac over the course of those nine games if those guys can hold up, I don't think so. I think it's probably mm-hmm. similar to last year in the sense you had Indiana and Ohio State right off the bat. So your two toughest games right away, you're going to play all your your studs. And that's what Penn State's kind of got to do. Um, do that when they go out to Wisconsin. And two weeks later, you've got Auburn. Uh, so it's that's a very interesting play. Um, you'd love a typical non-conference schedule where you get a chance to to get your, your motor running and, and get these guys out there and get them quality experience. And that opportunity is just not there this year. So uh, that's a that's a worry in my eye. You you know you you're unproven at those spots. You're unproven with Tar Burton in terms of staying healthy, with Ebikete in terms of making that step, and the guys behind him just haven't played. So that's where you're missing a guy like Adisa Isaac. That's where a guy like Jesse Lucetta, I think can help you. Uh, I don't know if it's going to get you over the top at Wisconsin, but it's going to help you with the experience that he has. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough, man. I, I don't see a lot of snaps. I don't see them spreading a lot of snaps in the first couple of weeks or the first week at least. Um, but they're, and that's the competition you're playing. 
then that sounds like a lot on the shoulders right now for Nick Tarburton uh, and, and Arnold Ebikede. And we'll see who else is in the mix there to, to get high volume reps. But um, right now we'll get another look at the practice field. We'll see if, if we can glean anything from that. We'll report that on lines 24 seven coming up later here on Wednesday into Thursday, Sean over on the other side of the football, the offensive backfield, there couldn't be much of a juxtaposed situation at running back and quarterback. You watch the quarterback group out there on the practice field. I know you haven't had a chance to do that yet, but there's four guys out there and, and, and it feels like Sean Clifford's like a, you know, a GA almost in some regards, because he has so much more experience than everybody else. And he's leading these drills. And then you look at running back and you're like, how the heck are they going to find a spot for everybody? We know they're not going to find a spot for everybody, but there's five dudes out there who in one way or another have had some power five experience, some success, hundred yard rushing game, what have you a taste of what it's like to be a, a, a back at this level and yet, you know, only three guys are going to play if things go according to plan for Penn State. Injuries are going to happen. But I think quarterback and, and running back and the difference in depth is just so glaring when you watch this team operate. Oh, it's huge. And after watching the quarterbacks play running back last year at the end of the season, I mean, that's that's kind of what you get. But uh, now the running back room, as good as there is in the Big Ten, I don't think they have the Big Ten's top back, but from one to five or whatever, I mean, you're not going to find much better than that. And, you know, if Kane is full go and ready to, to, to do what we think that he can do, you got Kevon Lee, you've got John Lovett, who's done some nice things, Devin Ford, who we don't even talk about really. Uh, just uh, there's so many guys out there that, that, that can do different things for you. And I think it's very interesting. We were talking to Mark Brennan and by the way, thanks for Mark for stepping in last week. Uh, I think I forgot him in my thank yous uh, earlier, but he was talking about getting the receipt or getting the running backs result, uh, involved as receivers. And I, he, he brought up a stat that Clifford has one touchdown pass to a, res, to a running back um, during his two years of starting. That's got to change. And that's got to be something where guys like Devin Ford, guys like John Lovett can come in and, and, and make a difference for you as, as receivers, as multi-dimensional threats. I think that's a very interesting thing, especially when you're talking about building up Clifford's confidence. And I know we, we kind of started talking about depth, but every conversation you have this offseason is going to go to Sean Clifford. That's just kind of how it is. Um, but uh, we're, we're talking about building his confidence, getting guys open, maybe closer to the line of scrimmage, seeing what, what he's able to do in terms of dump offs, in terms of getting those uh, tight ends involved, which are freaking awesome tight ends um big fan of that group including tyler warren the kid that, that we didn't expect to make an impact here has, has done some really nice things in camp as well um but it's uh it, i think that's a very um interesting storyline when you're talking about preparing for the going from the early stages of camp to the game prep is how you can get those running backs involved how you can work with with two back sets how you can work with two tight end sets and how you can sort of take away the lack of depth that you have at receiver because you know you have a really good one in Jahan Dotson a really good one in Parker Washington maybe Keandre Lambert makes that next step but you can supplement that with a guy like Theo Johnson with a guy like John Lovett in the backfield uh, as as a receiver so that's probably I'm I'm, I'm I wish now, it's terrifying to wish something like this, but I wish I could get into Mike Yersich's head and see how he plans on on attacking these things because he has the options to do it. It's just a matter of can the quarterback get the ball there? From what we gather from Mike Yersich, some conversations and just the way he thinks analytically about this game, it might be a frightening place to be in that head. Oh, but a, a certainly. <laughs> Um, but I mean, let, let's, let's go to Sean. I mean, he's had 15 spring practices, uh, earlier this year. He's now almost two weeks into fall camp with Mike Yersich. Uh, there is such a gap between him and everybody else on this quarterback depth chart, which we don't know, quite know yet. What is 
your read on, on, on Sean Clifford to this point? We heard from him last week, Sean, and there was a lot of confidence. And I said, it's confidence is never the issue with Sean. You can see him lose it during the course of games, but in the media sessions, whether it's a game week or preseason camp, you're going to get a guy that exudes confidence within himself. He says he's becoming a new version under a new offensive coordinator. You know, maybe that's kind of a, a recycled quote for some people from what we heard last year with Kirk Sharaka. What's your read right now on Sean Clifford? Cause we are coming up on a two week mark from this team hitting the road, playing Madison. And for as much as you might like that supporting cast around him in the tight end room and the running backs and some of these receivers, it's going to fall on Sean's shoulders. Yeah. I don't have that read right now. And that's, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's part, you know, I think part of that's kind of given him credit in the sense that can he turn a corner? Can he do something? Yeah. That possibility is there. I wrote it yesterday in our round table that, that the potential for Penn state to be really good is there. It's just so much of that lays on his shoulders. And that's, that's a tough thing. If you watched last year, um, even some of the games down the stretch during that 11 win season, there was some, some tough times there, as you mentioned, confidence isn't an issue with him going into games. It's uh, you know, we, we, we've seen him break down at times and seen him just make some, some questionable decisions and things like that. And it's trying to take it too much upon himself. That's, that's a conversation that I always hate because you talk about pens. Okay. Say Penn state needs a game manager and we're going to throw that in air in giant air quotes it, it, I mean, that's just saying, okay, you're, you're, you clearly don't think your quarterback can get it done. He's just got to get the other guys there, and that's fine, but that's not going to get you to where you want to be. And that's, I think that's the frustrating thing is, is, is you don't know where Clifford is. Confidence is one thing because he, you know, has talked up a good game. He has talked about how, you know, he wants to be a different player, is a different player. Mike Yurcich and, and James Franklin talk about his approach, his coachability, all that stuff. And that's fine. But the first drive against Iowa two years ago, we saw a different John Clifford. And that's the, that unfortunately that, that a lot of that is what we've gotten over the last year and a half. And that's the, uh, that's kind of the, the thing that you have to keep in the back of your mind is, is this guy, uh, is is he too far gone? He's a two year starter, which is great to have that experience. But when that experience is is up and down, and and the the valleys are are quite low, that's that's troubling. So I'm I'm very curious to see. Do, do I think he has the uh, the confidence and the you know, some of the intangibles to get it done? I do. Um, do I have do I have the confidence that it's going to get done? I'm just I'm just not there. I haven't seen enough. And that's uh, the Big Ten Network was at the at, at practice this week, and they kind of said the same thing. You would expect a a two year starter to maybe be a little bit more in control, a little bit more into uh, game mode, into into being ready. And then there's time to work through that, and a lot of that's going to be scheme and game plan. And I think Mike Yersich is a a brilliant man, but that's uh, for, for the guy that has the ball in his hand every single play that's not the guy that you want to have be the most up and down. Clifford turned 23 years old in July, uh, preparing for his 21st start uh, as Penn State's quarterback. Um, Sean, we got a lot to catch up on recruiting. We'll do that on the other side of the ad break. Quickly, though, uh, safety, left guard, defensive line, defensive tackle. There's a lot of competitions going on right now. I know you haven't had a chance to look at practice. You're still playing catch up here, but – what is the most compelling position battle at this stage from what you understand? I think, I think left guard is, is one. You've got so many guys in there that, you know, it's, it's kind of a day by day thing. Do you have Eric Wilson in there? Anthony Wiggins, a guy that's, that's made bigger strides. than I think a lot of people expected Des Holmes is in there. Even Salim Wormley's in there at times. So you've got an opportunity. I think you've got four guys. You've got two guys that, that they think are NFL tackles in Rashid Walker or, 
I guess an NFL lineman in, in Caden Wallace, not sure he's a tackle at the next level. Um, you feel pretty good about Juice Scruggs and Mike Miranda. It's about filling in that fifth spot. And is, is that going to be a situation? And I know that the schedule doesn't make it all that uh, appealing to do so, but do you see uh, a, a rotation early in the season? So that's a, that's a big one to me. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's finished yet. And I don't think it's uh, probably close to finished yet, um, but that's an intriguing to me. I think Jair Brown, could be the guy at safety. That's going to be um, one that's going to continue to go. Of course, Sutherland's back there. Keaton Ellis is back there. Um, but yeah, that, that seems like one that's that's drifting in that direction. And at defensive line, you just got to get all the guys ready that you can. Uh, PJ Mustafer's had a really good camp. Uh, Derek Tangelo, the transfer from from Duke, I think can be a really solid guy. Not going to fill up the stat sheet, but could be a really solid piece. Um, kind of like down the stretch in, in 2016, where you had a guy like Tyrell Chavis that was in there eating up blocks and doing a lot of good things. And, and and not necessarily making the tackles, making the plays, but opening it up for other people, especially without Adisa Isaac in there, you're going to have to have those tackles. Um, you know, keep uh, keep those defensive ends uh, free and keep Ellis Brooks free. So I think those are some of the the, the storylines that you look at, look to. You just got to have as many of those defensive linemen as possible, and that's with or without Wisconsin opening the schedule. We'll keep you updated on these position battles as preseason camp rolls along up at lines 24-7. Coming up here on the podcast, some recruiting catch-up with Sean. You step away from the recruiting trail these days. You miss a lot. We're going to talk about that. Uh, His thoughts. We'll get to our five-star mailbag. Also, the AP Top 25 poll was released this week. Penn State featured there. Stay with us right here on the Lines 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The conversation continues here on the Lions 24-7 podcast. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we're playing some catch-up with Sean Fitz, getting his feedback and his insight on a bunch of topics that have popped up in the last couple of weeks while he was away from this show. And, it, Sean, it feels like it's it's you know a different chapter of the offseason because we're now in preseason mode. But not too long ago, Penn State was putting the final touches on just an explosive July uh, that last weekend of July, picking up K.J. Winston from Maryland, Abdul Carter from Pennsylvania, two defensive pickups along the way as well, losing a commitment from Tyrese Fearbury out of the Pittsburgh area, edge rusher who was committed just for a few weeks. And that's one that you said, let's stay tuned on Fearbury. That came to fruition pretty fast. Last time you and I talked on this show, they were picking up Christian Driver as an addition. Ultimately, the class doubles in size from 12 to 24. Um, I, hard to believe we haven't talked to you about this on the show yet, but some, some final thoughts uh, the way that month ended. Well, it's been over two weeks since their last commitment, so I think it's fair to question whether or not James Franklin lost his touch. So I think that's <laughs> probably where we should start with that. But uh, no, I mean, it's unbelievable July. Uh, just to look back and like – 
everything ran together so quickly and for from a content perspective, which would have been spread out a little bit more, but from a from an absolute momentum perspective to close with two guys like KJ Winston and Abdul Carter, the lash bash obviously is going to be one of those ones that every year, you know, pays dividends down the road in terms of getting guys back onto campus and eventually getting guys in the class um, to, to have that group. You know, I did the big board today and Penn State is out of space. I mean, let's be honest here. They're, they're, they're at their number, but they're still going to add guys to the class. As I said in the intro, space is more of a concept than an absolute here. Um, and there's a ton of guys out there. Andre Green visited in late July. And, you know, I had, you had four uncommitted guys at the Lash Bash, which does not happen when you don't have room. And that's a, that's a, an amazing sort of jump that they made there. So uh, you can't say enough about July. Uh, the only thing, the only downside is it's going to be quiet the rest of the the cycle. You're going to have some guys pop up. And on that big board, we had more than a dozen names of guys that they're still in touch with, but you can't, you can't physically get them all into this class, but it's just, it's, it's a fascinating development. It's a, it's a wonderful July. It's guys that Penn state has had on the board for a long time, really liked and guys that they got, you know, guys like Tyler Johnson that they got in, they worked out and they said, okay, we found ourselves something here. JB Nelson fits that category as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a really incredible run um, and it gives them a chance to put the season in focus, put their actual team in focus, put the 2023s, 2024s, which the new 2024 rankings on 24-7 sports, the way too early 2024 rankings on 24-7 sports came out um, on Wednesday afternoon. So check those out. Uh, but yeah, it gives them a chance to sort of reset and get into game mode, get into hosting underclassmen mode. And that's where you want to be heading into your season. Of course, the whiteout returns to Beaver Stadium uh, for week three matchup against Auburn. That is always a major destination event for recruits of different classes. And, and the number one player in those early 2024 rankings, uh, Steve Wolfong, has a story written up, up on our site right now about Jaden Davis, a South Carolina quarterback who was able to get up to Penn State uh, as part of his summer visit plan. So he's got some familiarity with Happy Valley. That's always nice to have an early visit uh, already in the back pocket with a guy who's considered the top quarterback prospect in his cycle. Um, um, Sean, Jay Sean Barham is a name that is still out there. I, I know that factored into your big board. We got Brian Doan with an update about his recruitment. Abdul Carter was a key pickup for linebacker. Uh, KJ Winston coming in at safety. Uh, we saw the defense you know, really uh, come on in a strong way during July and kind of match what they had able, been able to do offensively through early stages. At this point, you're just trying to make sure everybody's on board. And at this point for Penn State, you, you know, you, you've had all the headlines this summer. You kind of want to avoid the headlines regarding your 2022 class you, you want to keep these guys on board you know everybody happy to be heading toward the finish line with signing day with these 24 players you know take care of business with the remaining parts but 2023 underway with Alex Birchmeyer that's going to be a, a topic of conversation that we continue to focus in on but I don't want to get too far away from those last two pickups because Abdul Carter that's a position of need we had discussed at linebacker this was a recruitment that was hard to get a, a firm read on with Abdul Carter here in the state of Pennsylvania and then additionally KJ Winston coming down the stretch with Maryland and Penn State as his finalist a guy that you've been high on for for a long time now we got to look at him during some seven on seven action at Penn State those two pickups particularly what do you think about what they bring to this class? We'll start with Abdul Carter, uh, which linebacker, obviously a, a major need. And it's been really interesting to watch the evolution of the linebacker board because we were talking a couple of months ago about what's what's Penn State going to do here. Of course, they've got Keon Wiley, maybe a guy like Tyrese Mills slides down and plays that Sam, uh, but nobody that 
you know, really jumped out as a potential member of that board. And then all of a sudden, Abdul Carter shows up on campus in early June, just absolutely blows it out of the water, runs a four or five for the staff, which, you know, he's pushing six, four, two thirty five. That is moving right there. Um, so he's a kid that, that, that you really like in terms of athletic freakiness, um, which is, is a trait that they would like to add to the roster at several spots, but linebacker is a spot they've had some, some success with, uh, some, some freaks in the past. So, um, it's been really interesting to follow this one over the last two months because he was one of those guys. And there were a lot of them, um, guys, Micah wing and Oliver bridges, guys that we thought could pot- potentially put themselves over the line in terms of accepting a scholarship offer. A lot of these guys had offers, you know, the air quote offers that, that, that everybody throws out, but they need to have them validated with, with camp performances or, or workout performances, what have you. Um, Carter just went through and blew it away. And, and we had talked in the past that Carter had some academic question marks and things like that, but you know, those things kind of, I don't want to say they go away, but those things kind of have a way of moving to the back burner when you run a four five at six four two two thirty five. So you've got a guy that can move all over the field. He's got some pretty good instincts. He's got some work to do. Um, you know, in, in terms of picking up just being a general linebacker, he's a he's a game wrecker at the high school level. How does that transfer to the next level? It remains to be seen. But he's a guy that we like a lot. We've got him as a four star in twenty four seven sports. I believe he's a four star in the composite as well, and just a a, a big guy guy with it you add to your roster with nfl size he's got you know and i don't want to make any comparisons to to micah parsons but he tested better than parsons did coming out of high school and that's uh, certainly uh something you should hang your hat on if you're abdul carter so big pickup for penn state in abdul carter uh just a guy that can play all over the field it's gonna be a bot gonna team with uh keon wiley in the box they still have other guys out there like jay sean barham who you mentioned earlier at linebacker who's a, a you know really good prospect it's just it's funny to watch the evolution of linebacker from what are they doing to, oh, they don't have enough spots for all these linebackers. So that's a, that's a very, <laughs> very cool spot to be in. KJ Winston, uh, one of my favorites, and this is one that, you know, we've been talking about him for a long time back when he was a just a lowly mid three star. Now he's a high three star with, I think, the, the potential to rise. Rangy guy back there at safety, a guy that can, you know, probably play both safety spots for you, cover a lot of ground, um, plays at the math, only played three games this spring, but I thought it looked really good. Um, so this is a guy I was talking to a former Penn state assistant that recruited him before he left for the NFL. It's probably giving that away too much. He also cut Tim Tebow this week, uh, but said that I'm lost. Who could this possibly be? It said that Winston was going to be the steal of Penn state's class. I mean, that's uh, he really, really has a high opinion of KJ Winston. So I'm really, uh, eager to see what he can put together this fall. The math obviously, uh, obviously always plays a really um, big time schedule. And uh, I think KJ Winston can be a big time prospect. I think he's one of those guys. If you look, there's been a lot of movement on the rankings and, and that's not, that shouldn't be a surprise given how much exposure these guys have gotten in the 2022 cycle um, or the lack of exposure, the lack of seasons and things like that. I think if you look at the class, he might be the guy that has the potential to rise, you know, from a three-star to a four-star status. Um, with a really good year this this fall so 24 commitments on board um july w- w- is a month july 2021 is a month that that i don't know that we'll see again on the recruiting trail just because of the circumstances it following up such a long dead period and those long-awaited visits but 
it paid off in a huge way for Penn State. Right now, still situated as the number one class in the country. Um, clearly, a major advantage right now in terms of volume. But, uh, Sean, this is a group that has come together. Um, it's going to, to benefit Penn State greatly in the future. But we did get some bad news. I wanted to bring this up on Tuesday evening. Deny Dennis Sutton sharing that dislocated elbow 10 plays into his senior season as he got back on the field. And I know Brian Doan, when he was on the show, that was the first thing he went to, wanting to see him in action action as a senior because he didn't get to play as a junior and now he's sidelined again just a, a really tough circumstance uh, in the development for for you know arguably Penn State's jewel of this class yeah I talked a little bit to deny yesterday who actually agree, agreed to join the podcast uh, sometime soon so we're looking forward to that conversation as I mentioned great kid um, but was in his scrimmage this weekend dislocated his elbow he tells me he's gonna try and build it up and hopes to be ready in, in a couple of weeks now I I have no depth of information on this injury. Um, seems optimistic to me, but he says he's going to play this this uh, this fall. Did not have a junior season. McDonough opted not to play in the spring um, after after getting canceled in the fall. Um, so yeah, this was one that we've been really looking forward to seeing him for a long, long time. Uh, it's just an absolute game wrecker. I think he's Penn State's best commit. Uh, but it's uh, it sucks that we're not going to get to see him out there. So hopefully, his timeline aligns with the actual timeline, and we see him in action in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we wish him a speedy recovery, and, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that, that he's up to join the podcast. Look forward to bringing all our listeners that discussion. Meanwhile, the Associated Press Top 25 preseason poll has been released. That came earlier this week. Penn State back in those rankings. The Nittany Lions were left out the final seven weeks of the 2020 season after starting 0-2. Prior to their absence, the Nittany Lions had built the fourth longest streak of weekly appearances, bested only by Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. That was four full years from October of 2016 to October of 2020. Here's another streak started, perhaps. Number 19, Sean, um, you've got a, a four different Big Ten counterparts in these rankings, and Penn State is, is scheduled to play all of them. You've got Ohio State leading the conference at number four, um, followed by week one matchup, Wisconsin at number 12. Indiana is 17. Iowa is just ahead of Penn State at 18. Um, so, uh, look, Michigan's out the wayside here. They're, they're down, I think, 34, 35. I think a lot of people were, were surprised that Michigan didn't get a preseason ranking. And then you see Auburn right around number 30, Sean, ultimately, you're going to have to get it done in the Big Ten this year, and you've got to play Auburn. It's just a reaffirmation that Penn State has a major challenge in front of it, and that preseason rankings may look really stupid by the time you get to Halloween or even October 1st. But as it lays out, uh, this is not a schedule that's going to allow you to duck away from the, the, the top competition, really. I mean, come on. Uh, Penn State, our preseason rankings look stupid as they come out. So let's not wait yeah. until October or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's uh, underlies the schedule there. Um, Indiana, uh, obviously, you know, a big one coming off of last season, Iowa, who Penn state for some reason plays every year, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's all over the place, but it all starts with that Wisconsin game. I mean, that's going to be, I was watching uh, a clip from Josh Pate, uh, who was another thank you for joining us to the show. We had great response to that, by the way. If you check out Lake Kick uh, with Josh Pate, uh, you're, you're going to be glad you did because he's all over the place um, in terms of being a national college football guy. Um, but just the direction that this season can go, 
based on that first game is so crazy. Um, you know, you didn't really see that very much with Penn State schedule. Now, last year, kind of an anomaly, of course, with the with the Indiana game kicking it off. But yeah, this Wisconsin one, uh, you know, this this team can go in so many directions after that game. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough road. Uh, you know, you 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 sort of say in jest that uh, Michigan's not in there, but top thirty five team, top forty team, always going to be a, a, a tough out. Auburn. Not sure what to expect from them. They're a top thirty team, number thirty in the you know, and they also receive votes or whatever. So that's uh the, the schedule is not built um, very kindly for Penn State in terms of timing, but also this is a this is a solid schedule from from top to bottom. And by the way, Ball State received only six fewer votes than did the Michigan Wolverines. That's the week two opponent. And Steve Wiltfong actually just wrote something last week on on why Ball State is, Steve, is not a Steve, team to sneeze at. <laughs> Steve loves him some Ball State. He will chirp, chirp at you uh, about Ball State every chance you give him. And, and we'll get a chance to do that in a few weeks. But as you said, number 12, Wisconsin, number 19, Penn State, the matchup there. From a rankings perspective, is now set for September 4th. Let's shift gears to our five-star mailbag. Um, and we got to start here. I have to credit this question asker upon Apple Podcast from Star Destroyer. Sean, will you take $400 for the PlayStation 5? <laughs> Oh man, you know uh, that was that was the Sean the did best not know that question my, was coming. By the way, yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. I've I've actually muted the the word PS five on my Twitter because you guys are very very funny. Um, but no, that was uh, that was an unfortunate situation. I lost complete access to my Twitter, which is which I didn't think much of because um, I was on vacation at the time, and that just became a problem. And I gotta say people are so desperate for those things, man. Like I had no idea, like I'm not a gamer or anything. I still play FIFA 16 on PS3. Um, but it, it's, it's one of those things where I was, I went through my DMS after I regained access from Twitter, finally getting me back onto Twitter after over a week uh, being out of there, uh, despite having all the information that they needed. Um, it was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, recruits, players, just anybody, um, college coaches got a kick out of it. Nobody asked me for it, but I got a ton of questions uh, of, uh, inquiring about it in jest from college coaches uh, who thought it was hysterical. Um, but yeah, that was, that was not great, man. I'm not gonna lie. That was, uh, that's not my favorite thing. And I, I feel bad if anybody did get taken by that. It was just one of those things where somebody got hold of, uh, of my login and completely locked me out, changed my uh, email, and I could not do a forgot password. It was it was a mess, man. I don't like it. It was there's some bad people out there, some really bad people out there, and then go to hell. So that's my that's my <laughs> that's my final word on that. So bad people, a good podcast question that's been sitting there for a while. I've been waiting for your return to to to, to throw that your way. So let's get into the other questions uh, that we have here, uh, and let's start here. Our this is Penn State's highest rated class, and it's very impressive for 2022. But is there any possibility that these four stars, any of them become five stars in 24 seven sports rankings, or is there something I'm misunderstanding about what it takes to get that fifth star? Uh, you know, I'll answer the second part because everybody has a misunderstanding of what it takes to be a, a fifth star guy. I mean, that's that the potential first round pick. And obviously you're not going to go 32 for 32. Um, the way we do it at 24 seven sports is having 32 five stars. But if you are a five-star prospect, you are bona fide better than anyone else pretty much. And that, I, I don't think people understand the difference between like there, there's not much difference between a guy at, at 175 and 130 per se, but 
you know, these guys that we identify as five-star prospects, there's something different about them. And that, and that's been, you know, the hit rate has been going up and higher. The draft was really good for, for the, the recruiting industry industry this year. Um, but you, you gotta be something special and, and five stars is not something that's thrown around very often. In fact, I don't know how many five stars we're at at 24 seven sports right now, but they're not close to the 32 just because you, you got to vet those guys over and over again. And, and certainly there are misses and, uh, you know, not shying away from that, but I think people don't understand how, absolutely elite you have to be to be a five-star guy now saying that i mean nick singleton's right on the, the the cusp of it and 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 i still don't think that he's penn state's best commit i think deny dennis sutton is probably closer i know deny is a five-star on rivals but uh, i i think he's got the biggest chance and, and that's what sucks about the dislocated elbow as you mentioned earlier that we were you know really hoping to see him uh this season really show out and show what he could do um just think the world of him as a prospect as a kid and everything like that so i think he's probably the guy that has a chance to go up the most. I mean, it's it's one thing to go up from 200 to 150 or something like that. It's another thing to go up from 50 to into that top 32. It's it's, it's sort of like okay, you can make that leap um, as a team from being a you know what Penn State did in 2016, going from where they were at to getting to the Big Ten title game, but making that jump into the top precipice of the top 10, the top five is an even bigger jump than making that, that, that initial leap. And it's, it's harder to stay there. So um, I think that's the kind of the misunderstanding when you talk about five stars is how absolutely elite those guys are. And, you know, you, you I've, I've seen people try and make uh, arguments for Caden Saunders and, and guys like that, but it's just, those guys are rare. Um, you look at uh, what Penn state's brought in from a five stars perspective and not all of them hit obviously, um, but you, you, you got to have a special combination size speed, athleticism, um, know how to play the game and things like that. And I think deny Dennis Sutton fits that mold. And I think Nick Singleton's really good. And I've said it before. I think I, I, you know, obviously company man at 24 seven sports, it's great to have him ranked that high, but I think he's probably a little bit closer to his composite because of what an elite elite prospect is versus, I think he's a really, really great prospect. I don't know that he's first round type thing. And the, 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 the running backs are kind of skewed anyway, because we've seen Saquon, and and now you've got to say you you've got to say okay does this kid compare to Saquon especially at this that this macro or this micro level at Penn State and that's a tough tough thing to put a, put across the put across and put the expectations on him so um, I, I think Dennis, Dennis Sutton probably the the guy that you're looking for is the potential guy uh, Drew Aller is is obviously in there um, with uh, the the way that he's risen up the rankings he's now a top 100 kid on on the 24 seven sports composite so you know he's potential to continue moving up but I don't think people understand how hard it is to get to that five star level. Yeah, then uh, they've got a season ahead of them, uh, the chance to go out and dominate and, and and cause a stir. But those camps are behind them. There is one more spot. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys are going to be involved. We'll, if, we'll see if the night Dennis Sutton is healthy. But I know uh, Drew Aller and Caden Saunders. They're going to be taking part in some of the postseason All American practices, assuming they're able to do that before they move on to, to college. That's kind of that last chance where you're sharing the field with with probably a bunch of five stars. Um, we'll see. But I think at the end of the day, twenty four seven sports very conservative for the most part. Five-star labels generate a lot of buzz, but you just look at what they're doing in 2023 right now. Alex Birchmeyer, number 14 overall, but the five stars only go down to like eight guys right now. So it's a process. It plays out um, and and it's a complicated one. There's a lot of discussions and not everybody's going to be on the same page with that. Um, We've got, Sean, we've got four, we got four or five stars and I, I thought it was more than this, but we've got four or five stars in the 24 seven sports rankings, which obviously the composite has, uh, you know, a little more, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely, 
I, and I get why we do it. We don't want to put anybody up there and then rip their fifth star away. Cause that's not great. There's uh 31, five stars in the composite rankings. Um, but yeah, just five of those guys. So um, there's a lot of evaluation that's for 2020, 2022. That's for 2022. Yeah. There's uh, wow. yeah, that's uh that's, and three of them are defensive linemen. So, and, and even a guy like Anai white who, you know, I consider a five-star kid is, is the number six prospect overall. We have him as a four-star. So there, there's plenty left to happen um, in these rankings. And like I said, with, I, I think it's the right approach with the, with the pandemic and not being able to see all these kids and not being able to get, um, you know, legit numbers and things like that. So eventually they'll get there, but that's uh that's pretty eye-opening right there. Um, always appreciate the questions on Apple podcast. We'll address, uh, some more on our next episode. We also will have, uh, some fresh perspective coming off the practice field. We have a couple of player and coach availabilities coming up this week as well. So by the time we, you hear, you hear from us again later this week, uh, we should have some new notes on where the Nittany lines are headed as, as kickoff approaches. Sean, happy to have you back. I, I know we had to piece this one together a, a little bit, took a little bit of effort. You're probably due for a nap at this stage. Um, but we appreciate the time and, and it's just, it's good to have you back with us. It was good to get rolling, man. Uh, and I appreciate you guys covering for me uh, while I was out. Um, it's uh, definitely uh, good to be back. Good to be talking and good to be uh, talking or good to be ex- expecting Penn State football very soon. Well, we'll do more of this in just a couple of days. For now, thank you, as always, to, for listening to the Lions 24-7 podcast. Drop your five-star mailbag with your rating and review at Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you real soon. On behalf of Sean, I'm Tyler. CBS Tonight, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, tonight, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.